we've been really just focused on our current development clients serving them. So I think it's really just a benefit to how my partners built this business previously with just the structure in which our clients we targeted and the trust we built with them over the years. And then recognizing there's an opportunity to step into that marketing space and help them with other services that really will be a benefit to their business. So I feel like it's only been a value add for our customers so far. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Woo Agency Chat, a Do The Woo podcast show. Today's show is brought to you by Manage WooCommerce Hosting at GoDaddy. If your clients are looking to expand their store, you can deliver them a fully customized WooCommerce site. And Wiglot, the multilingual plugin for WordPress and WooCommerce, and a global sponsor of 2024 WordPress events in support of the greater community. I'll tell you more about our sponsors later in the show, but let's join Robert Jacoby, host, as he chats with Cody Landfield from Mode Effect, a WooCommerce development and marketing agency. In this show, Cody discusses the evolution of his agency and emphasizes the importance of treating customers well and investing in the team for the growth of an agency. Plus, he also touches on automation, marketing, social media, and yes, we always have to hear a little bit about AI. So let's join in the conversation. Hi, and welcome to another Woo Agency Chat. This is uh, Robert Jacoby, missing the wonderful Robbie Adair today. But we do have Cody Landefeld from Mode Effect uh, as our guest. This is really exciting. We're all in Phoenix, in separate rooms, in separate hotels and locations, in uh, the weird small worldness of uh, what's uh, WordPress and agency life and all that. How you doing, Cody? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, man? Excellent. I'm enjoying... Uh, well, it's pretty much the same weather as it is back in Chicago. So <laughs> weird weather this year. Let's uh, run crazy. Uh, let's get a good rundown of Mode Effect and what you have been up to, you and your team, uh, and in the WooCover space. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the mission really is just to serve our clients as best we can. And when I say clients, I mean uh, e-commerce stores ranging from Two to $10 million kind of in that sweet spot for us. Um, we help folks with just helping them on the technical side, marketing side, just really a holistic approach to serving them and helping their stores thrive and do well. So, um, and me personally, I just have been sort of heads down with making sure that we have a, a good team that's well prepared to be able to serve our clients and also just making sure that we have all of the uh, well-run resources and, and client support and whatnot. I, I wear a lot of hats, so that's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm certainly with clients and all that fun stuff. So is this, because uh, uh, I've known you and Mo to effect for a while where it was, we're a WooCommerce, you know, development firm. Is this full agency thing uh, sort of not necessarily brand new, but uh, an outgrowth of first starting out? you know, very focused on WooCommerce? Yeah. So going back to about 2017, 2018, we primarily were uh, fully in the WordPress WooCommerce space. That's all we did, everything PHP. And then uh, I met my partner, John Morrison, 
in about 2017 in that that time frame and uh he was a actually a competitor of mine and he ran a shop that primarily did asp.net storefront.net e-commerce cms system whatnot and uh he was starting to compete with me in the woocommerce space and what had happened was we became aware of each other started talking and then started collaborating a little bit on some projects because while he had a strong senior team on the .NET side, the staffing of the WooCommerce side was a little bit of a challenge, whereas we had been in that market and that game for quite a while. So uh, we sort of uh, joined forces organically and started to see uh, a real opportunity for us to partner up. And, and then that became a journey of just, um, I'd say about three, four years of sort of running alongside each other. And then in 2020, we merged our companies, which was um, at the time Morrison Consulting. And then my company was Modefect. And then at that time, we sort of became all one conglomerate, which is still Modefect, but the makeup of our team is uh, we still have a .NET side to our agency, and then we have a WooCommerce side to our agency, and, and we've got some folks that we help with Shopify. I hope it's okay to say that on the Do the Woo podcast. <laughs> we very much are in the WooCommerce. We care about that space, and we do a lot um, for our customers and still see that as uh, absolutely our if not our largest, one of our largest opportunities for growth, but we truly are an e-commerce firm. That's, that's who we, who we know, who we serve, who we know best. And um, yeah, that, that's it. And then, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling or going on a long, a long way of explaining, but um, the outgrowth, like you were mentioning, sort of getting into digital marketing, that's come as a way of recognizing our customers at, like I mentioned in that, in that revenue space of say two to 10 million, two to 10 million, somewhere in there at sweet spot. Um, what we've realized is that these particular clients are not especially thrilled with the folks that they use for digital marketing. So it just naturally came as a, as a reach out from them and kind of a curiosity from us to say, Hey, like, what are you doing over here with your Google Analytics? You know, who's helping you with your SEO? Um, you've seen that you're running Google Ads and there's sort of some disparity between what you're paying and what you're getting on conversions. So, you know, there's been a little bit of a curiosity of ours to scratch at that as well as clients just naturally being a little unsatisfied and asking us about it. So um, in addition to our .NET team and our PHP team, we've grown a uh, a new business unit for marketing and um, that's been going really well. So excited to help clients, like I mentioned before, in a holistic way as it relates to their e-commerce uh, as far as attracting traffic, uh, converting it and making sure that we continue to nurture customers and create future opportunities for growth on their stores. So I, I remember a time where full service agencies were sort of Devolving and keeping whatever core competency, competency they had, and then just working on a partner to partner basis. So, if they were a technical agency, they work with you know graphics and design or uh, 
you know, search engine marketing or content teams totally separate um, with that are totally separate businesses. You've evolved into a full service agency. Do you see ben- pros and cons for both kinds of uh, operations? Um, not yet. I think so far it's only been a pro for us because while our marketing business, uh, marketing business unit is small, it's helped us learn more about marketing on the development side and then also more about development in the marketing uh, unit. So it's just been good because, you know, I think part of that is just we're, we're very disciplined in the type of customer we serve, which is online stores. You know, we're always kind of in those same conversations. People are pretty uh, woven together in conversations and clients and accounts. So it's not very siloed in the sense of participation. And so far, uh, you know, it's been, it's been pretty, pretty much all pros. I mean, I haven't seen many cons uh, really that I can think of or name right now. So there's no like uh, trade-off on making sure you have all that staffing. Cause that's the first thing that comes to mind is that, uh, you know, a staffing expense of keeping a full team is different than uh, being a little more flexible with partnering ad hoc. It's been a stretch. I mean, I think for us, it's all been organic. There has no, no there hasn't been like a sit down to say we have to hire like five marketing people. And then we have to like pay, pound the pavement and find clients to um, satisfy that. It's been very steadily steady organic growth for us and and we've been really just focused on our current development clients serving them uh so that's been sort of i, I think it's really just a benefit to how my partners built this business uh previously with just the structure in which you know targets we our clients we targeted and the trust we built with them over the years and then recognizing there's an opportunity to kind of step into that marketing space and help them with other services that really will be a benefit to their business. So I I don't know. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I hear you. I I hear those things all the time, but like for us, I feel like it's been only been a value add for our customers so far. No, that's great to hear. Um, So, you know, I'm going to have to ask on behalf of the audience, what are the, what are the nice steps? I don't know if they're easy or difficult to take, to get to the position since, you know, you're already seven plus years into this to, help them become uh, as successful? I think it's just familiarizing yourself. Well, so are you talking about for store owners or agency owners? For agency owners first. We'll get to the stores very soon. <laughs> but on the agency side, you know, if, if, if you have a team of three people right now, how do you look to, you know, what are the like critical next steps to get it to, you know, mode effect level? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, I honestly think it has to do with just um, treating your customers like gold, Uh, earning trust with your customers, looking to offer value as much as you can above um, your own, really above your own uh, health and your profit, so to say. Those things are obviously necessary to be in business, but really showing your customers that you care and showing and treating them well and earning trust is going to go so far because, you know, for us, um, we've been fortunate to keep some clients over 10 years. And 
I mean, even even extremely large clients over 10 years, which is just unheard of. So, um, and that just comes to, um, you know, showing that we, we've done everything we can to treat them well and add value to them. So I think that's that's first and foremost, number one. Number two would be uh, really making sure that you care for your, the folks that you work, work with, uh, making sure that you invest in them, making sure you recognize them, making sure you uh, support them in every which way you can uh, professionally. And even personally, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's space to make sure that you, you know, you're, you have empathy and you have a genuine care for what's going on in their lives. So I think really it's, it's kind of like that one and two, like taking care of your clients because you don't have a business without clients. Uh, and then two, just making sure your team is well taken care of. And then, um, you know, that those are sort of the, the, the one and two of what I would say is most important for a baseline of, of an agency's growth. Perfect. Now let's get to the store side. So, you know, if, if you're that small store selling on the S word or some other S platform, <laughs> no, we can say Shopify. I don't think Bob's going to uh, bleep those words out uh, because uh, obviously Shopify had huge, huge growth during the pandemic and uh, it, it's become a name folks know. So I got a bunch of questions around that. I guess, uh, you know, the first one will be regardless of, you know, store platform, whether it's WooCommerce or something else, you know, what are the key things that uh, a store owner should look to do right away? And let's say it's, let's, let's say this is a very small shop. We're talking, you know, $10,000 a month in revenue. I think just um, recognizing the, the, the low hanging fruit you have to take advantage of as it relates to your, to your website. Uh, for instance, I think it, it astounds me how many people don't understand analytics, especially at that level. Um, and they just really making it their mission to familiarize themselves with sort of the baseline things you need to know as it relates to good website health, uh, core web vitals, uh, Google analytics, your, um, everything that relates to your, your webmaster, uh, settings, you know, and just overall health of your website, your speed, just making sure that you're heading in the right direction as it relates to, you know, how your website functions. Are, are you missing opportunities? Are you not nurturing customers? Do you have an email list? I think email list is another thing that's so huge. Um, that's another thing. Like I get on calls with, uh, stores of all sizes every single day. And uh, one of the things that I recognize oftentimes is just how much of a missed opportunity email automation is. It's like, it's either buy from me or don't buy from me. Like, listen, it's imperative to make sure that you capture somebody, you know, with whatever small information they're going to give and reward them for that information, whether it's a coupon or it's just value an email or whatever, because if they're not buying today, they can buy next week, next month, or maybe even in a year. I have no idea what you're selling, but you have to build an audience, you know, like <laughs> you have to do something. So I, I think those are, those are kind of the, the two things I would say are very important, you know, making sure that you just familiarize yourself with those baseline things. And then email, email is just like so important. And, and and what are you seeing with regards to sort of all the tracking around that? Obviously, third-party cookies are, you know, disappearing. All all that cookie madness is going away. Cook, 
cookie getting, uh, as I've heard some people call it. Do you need to be tracking all those reads and click-throughs as well, or is it just good enough to get the information out there? I, I do think you have to understand a baseline. Like, listen, like I know, I mean, I know that I know the the avatar we work with. Nobody's going to be able to be uh, a deep student, like a very experienced student of all things as it relates to information gathering and Google and trends and whatnot. I think it's just good to have a high level awareness of those things and then understand where your deficiencies are. And then also have a game plan for how you're going to meet those deficiencies. Uh, and then not only deficiencies, but opportunities. And opportunities are very important as it relates to say like, yeah, on the, on the information email gathering side, it's like, you know, that's such a huge opportunity for store owners just to get people known to people. You can take a list and you can familiarize an audience on social media and you can go to search or you can go and utilize that so, so, so well to just become known and, and stay in front of people really. So. Gotcha. Do you, uh, uh, so for some of the more technical things like, you know, handling cart abandonment and all of that, you know, what are some suggestions you put out there for, uh, stores? So we use a tool that, um, uses their email automation to do that. And that kind of, I almost sound like I'm the email guy now, like pounding the deck, <laughs> talking about email or something. I mean, it really, it really has to do again with email, like, you know, getting somebody in there. If there's any capture of email, like we can, we can chase them down on abandoned cart, offer them a, some type of a discount to come back and finish their checkout. Uh, and I can't tell you, with st stores of a certain size, how valuable that is to do abandoned cart. And that's another one. I mean, like I said, stores not leveraging those low hanging fruit opportunities just to bring in more conversions and revenue and capture the audience that they either already have or could have with the eyeballs that are actually hitting their website. Um, yeah, abandoned cart is huge, huge opportunity for a store of uh, the size like you mentioned. Whether you're just starting to build that Woo shop for a client or looking to expand or scale an existing site, GoDaddy's e-commerce hosting solution is there for you and your projects. Expand a client store with access to thousands of extensions or scale big time with conversion tools, multiple staff accounts, and integrated POS marketplace integrations and discounted shipping rates, plus a lot more. And if you continue to manage your site or you hand it over to the client, a single dashboard gives powerful tools such as online sales tracking and easy auto sync for all the store's inventory across the entire site. Plus software, plugins, and extensions will be kept up to date and regression and other testing is done continually to avoid site breakage. With that all said, keep your client sites humming along with e-commerce hosting from GoDaddy at GoDaddy.com. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the WooCommerce community, 
they are not only helping with the language barrier of woo shops around the world, but they are also global sponsors in the WordPress ecosystem. With this sponsorship, they continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo Builders. So kudos to Weeglap for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. And you can always learn more about Weeglot by simply going to their site, weeglot.com. So we're here to educate folks. So I'm not going to let you off the hook by saying we use a tool. What tool do you use? <laughs> well, so we use two. Um, we use uh, Active Campaign. Okay. And we used uh, uh, High Level as well. Oh, I have not heard of High Level. I know Active Campaign well. They're, they're a local, uh, well, local when I'm home uh, <laughs> firm. <laughs> No, that's excellent. Um, well, let's run with that uh, since we love to do these sort of ad hoc. What other like mission critical tools can store owners either somehow take advantage of either internally or, you know, obviously uh, more helpful with an agency who knows how to use those tools? What else, you know, besides um, one of these know, car abandonment email tools? It depends on the store size, um, you know, on the, on the larger size. I've started to see some of our uh, larger clients that are running subscriptions get a lot of value out of using um, a, a metric. That's a very that's been a very valuable tool, kind of on the you know the high end for for stores that are a little bit larger, kind of in that approaching uh, eight figures mark. Um, they've gotten a lot of value out of using that tool, sort of as a separate uh, component. Um, I'd say ShipStation is really important. A lot of the stores that come to us are doing a lot of shipping of their products and ShipStation is still like one of those, one of those um, really important tools that uh, runs kind of parallel to the website and helps people um, not go crazy managing their shipping. Cause, and that's actually a kind of like a smaller topic. Like I think WooCommerce, the admin can be an impediment to people at a certain size feeling like, their store is just kind of a bear to do all of their, all of their, you know, sort of operations with them, you know, like if you're in there managing fulfillment and you're doing all of those things, like I think um, at a certain size uh, store slowness can become a component of, or just even the, the enormity of what's in your store for your staff, you sort of want to like take away that overwhelm and point them toward towards an external tool like, uh, you know, like ShipStation or, or Meteoric or or whatnot. So, um, so those are two. And then, um, you know, for smaller folks, I mean, just again familiarizing yourself. I mean, make yourself a student of Google Analytics. Understand the type of traffic you're getting and you're not getting. Understand why people aren't sticking around. I mean, I think that's just. It's insane how like um, people just are, are store owners particularly are not making themselves students of understanding what behavior happens on their website and what missed opportunities they have and what opportunities they have. I just think that's that's uh, of a smaller size. That's something you should know extremely well. And then you know, of course, mixed in there's you know your email. Um, Talk to talk to your audience. Make sure you're 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 constantly in front of them. I mean, 
uh, I really feel like, you know, what's, what's interesting about email is like, you know, you see certain retailers are sending daily emails. I mean, of course, like if you're in the $10,000 a month range and you're, you know, you sell one product or maybe two products, I could see how that's a challenge to talk to your audience every single day. But like, what's the limit of, of what you can talk about, you know, start thinking about content, start thinking about what your audience cares about and start engaging them, you know, make it, make a, make it your goal to, uh, not only stay in front of them, but to be known by them and care about them and show that by ways of reaching out to them and adding value, whether that's always going to be, you know, a, a sales, driven tactic or it's just going to be a, a touch a touch point and that I, I promise you that does move the needle so focus on you know really becoming a subject matter matter expert in you know whatever you're selling yeah absolutely so interestingly i did not hear you say in the last been on for almost half an hour plus or minus uh anything about social media yeah well i think i, I would say social media is pretty assumed in in my instance and yeah good good point good call out <laughs> media is important i see that as like kind of almost similar to email you know um social media is a is a very important part of what they're doing especially like instagram like it's insane how integrated you can make your instagram with your online store these days i mean how many stores do i know that exclusively do or have some sort of their inventory all showing up on Instagram and you can basically complete a checkout on there, you know? So yep, I think that's, that's important. I think Instagram really moves the needle. Um, TikTok moves the needle. I, I gotta say, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I got four kids and I'm in my early forties. And so I'm, I'm like a dinosaur out here when it comes to like TikTok and some of the social media stuff, man. So like, um, I'm not out here on those social media, uh, networks spending a lot of time, but I, I can see how it's valuable and important for a lot of stores. So yeah, good, good call. I think, um, I think I'm used to talking about things that we provide services for. Um, we don't yet offer much for social media here. So and I think that's why Bob ha 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 hired me is to ask those pointed questions. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm liking this thread here uh, because uh, there's a sense that the TikToks and Instagrams, and I'm going to add S to all the social medias of the world, are looking to capture the entire experience within their platform. Will what you know if someone says? I'm just going to build my entire shop and life on Instagram. You know, what, what can WooCommerce folks say, this is why you shouldn't do that? You know, what are the, what are the pros and cons of working with WooCommerce versus, you know, just saying, you know what, I'm going to sell t-shirts on Instagram. How do you make that, you know, that conversation happen, I guess? Well, I think it's a mistake to build anything on a rented platform. So, I mean... In a brick and mortar sense, you could set up in a suite and, you know, go month to month or sign a two-year lease. And, you know, when that, that second year is up, they could decide we don't want to, we don't want to renew it because we don't like you or, 
You know, there's something that's out of your hands essentially, but even more so on a, on a, on a digital platform, like say, you know, anything on social media, I think it's, it's tricky to be able to just solely depend on that as your platform. I think you have to kind of go back to the hub and spoke method. Your website's really the hub and those social media outlets, the, the emails, um, any of your ads or anything, those are really the spokes of the wheel, so to say. So it's, it's, it's great to leverage social media, you know, in some type of setting. Like I, I see it all the time on Instagram where, you know, certain stores are making it so easy to get a product, uh, see it in a link, even buy it on Instagram, but they're, they're just as diligent. I mean, far more diligent on their website. And um, constantly bringing people back through SMS or uh, email or or social media and whatnot, but it all comes back to the website eventually. So it's 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 sort of in a micro instance. Uh, I think that's probably the best strategy to not put all of your eggs in one basket. Again, hub and spoke, but like uh, your mileage may vary depending on which particular industry you're in or what you're selling. I think it's important to really think through like, what are your competitors doing? What do they have um, success in doing? So to say, what do they seemingly have success in in doing? You know, like, you know, on Instagram, you know, you could at least go on there and, or really any of the social platforms, you can see what's getting good engagement by likes or whatnot. Even if that is inflated, you know, you can see like what, what, what could be, really getting a lot of eyeballs and, and see, see if you can replicate some of those things by uh, taking some of the things on your website and creating sort of a micro instance or a micro experience on social media. So that's sort of the way I, I would advise somebody to go with it. Never, never just stay and build it all on a social media platform. Sort of like, you know, I think WooCommerce is such a good platform because our customers that run WooCommerce are so very loyal to the platform and very understanding of why they are here. And it just really makes sense because it is sort of an ownership type of situation with open source and knowing that you can control your destiny and knowing you can extend it and whatnot. And I think that a lot of that lends itself to why a website is very, very important as a hub instead of uh, a web or instead of like a social media uh, network being a hub, so to say. So yeah, publish once, uh, repurpose everywhere else. Yes. Um, I I am uh, happy that we've gone so far, but I'm going to save it for last because if we don't talk about it, we won't talk about it. Uh, AI and WooCommerce. What does that look like uh, in the next, six months and the next three years. I'm going to do the, uh, the uh, ostrich routine and just put my head in the, yeah. we're, I, I'm ever since I saw Terminator two, I was way too freaked out to uh, ex- acknowledge AI. I think AI is just, we're, we're sort of at the, um, I don't know. It's like the first scene in the movie, first scene in a first chapter of the book, so to say. Uh, I think the opportunity for, I, I, I want to say that AI is going to really 
be a huge outgrowth and, and um, a huge opportunity for store owners. And I think right now what we're seeing is is just sort of that first application is on chatbots and sort of having that um, somewhat customized experience or that um, friendly experience with having some type of a shopping assistant. You know, you think about what Apple has put out uh, with the Vision Pro. I think that is going to be uh, an opportunity for people to easily buy things like for like for instance um i know we right now are looking at people on you know social media out in public with the vision pro and think oh my god this this just looks ridiculous but i promise you i promise you it will become more fashionable and more acceptable and what's going to happen is you're going to see something more like you saw in minority report, like you're going to be walking by the store or driving by a place and you're going to be able to be aware of something you, that interests you and something will retarget you. Like, can you imagine either riding a bike, driving a car or walking by a store or just seeing something you're watching on a video and it will sort of call to mind or allow you to t- sort of bookmark something of interest and it will start to kind of feather in some of those products you might be interested in from that certain brand or whatnot. I think that's kind of the future of how it's going to go with um, with uh, brands and AI and online shopping, just making it so much easier for it to be in our subconscious and our conscience, like with the devices that we use and whether it's a screen, whether it's a, some type of thing we wear, something we listen to, I think that's just going to become something that just allows us to be more um, or rather stores to become more sticky to us. Um, so that's kind of the way I see it going in the future. Um, and that's going to be something that is probably leveraged through um, AR, you know, augmented reality or even virtual reality. And, um, you know, just, just more and more opportunities for, advertisers to grab you. I mean, just a small example of that. It's not really AI, but like when you're on Peacock watching a show, um, when you pause the screen, they're hitting you with an ad, you know, but take that to another level. And like, you know, if you're, if you see something and it allows you to kind of bookmark something of interest, you know, in your, in your brain or in your, um, something that always is connecting to you, then it makes, makes it so much easier for brands to kind of target you and sell to you and whatnot. I don't know. That's, that's sort of like off the top of my head, like where I could see it's going and where um, I think there's opportunities, but I think that's going to continue on full with like how accessible devices become and how sort of more, um, you know, th- uh, things become more socially acceptable. It's kind of like Google Glass too, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I was thinking, and there were some fun words for that as well. <laughs> right. So you know, what's funny is like you look at how ridiculous and heavy that Vision Pro is. I mean, I mean, it's as well designed as it can be. I mean, it's not. And again, people make fun of it. And it's like, oh, you know, like look at these like guys with their mouth open, like you know, in public, and look at how ridiculous they look. Um, 
before you know it, it's just going to be contact lenses, you know, and you're just, you're not going to be able to distinguish that, you know, and think about what Elon Musk is making with uh, Neuralink, you know, that's going to be a game changer. Um, there's actually a bit by um, a comedian I saw where he's like, man, this is going to be terrible. He's like, all it's going to be is like, once like everybody gets the chip in their head, they're going to have like all their memories behind a paywall now. It's like this, uh, <laughs> this memory is brought to you by Burger King or whatnot. <laughs> well, in that augmented uh, privacy and paranoid uh, future, I, uh, I'm just going to be slightly terrified. What's coming, man? The younger the generations get, they don't care about, you know, who has their information. And it's fascinating that you just fascinating to me watching human behavior. Like, you know, you look at, I think you and I are probably of a similar age and I'm happy to be called in my early forties. So thank you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it. But you know, we watch videos of people on social media, like having to say everything to everybody on your network, like, you know, and like crying or, or just, talking about talking to an audience or venting to an audience. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess at my age and in my generation, I don't, I don't feel like I need to do that. But like every younger generation has grown up without not knowing a world without that. Like I, I can remember a world without the internet and, you know, my youngest, you know, she can't even imagine a world. She didn't even know what an iPod is. Oh, uh, uh. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But you know, my point being is like to to them, it's like, you know, there there's gonna be, you know, there's kids that are being born now that won't even know they won't even know world without AR or VR or any of those things. So the I guess the point being is like, um, while you and I think that's that's crazy, like thinking about um some type of a ad being driven that's going through your head or in your eyes or whatnot. Um, you know, it's definitely, a, you know, a lot of things that we can, we can see becoming more commonplace. I'll be ex at least excited to see what that future looks like. Uh, Cody, thank you so much. What are the best ways to get a hold of you uh, in whatever reality we're in? <laughs> you can always go to modeeffect.com, M-O-D-E-E-F-F-E-C-T com and uh, email straight away. I think there's links to all of our socials as well. So, and then um, I'm at Cody L on most of the socials as well. And what's your uh, augmented reality phone number? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, thanks so much. This, you know, this went from, uh, and this is why I, I love the Blue Agency chat. We, we we start with the basics and then we end up in a future that uh, could be fantastic or completely dystopian depending on your views thank you so much cody yeah thanks pleasure hey bob wp and i'd like to thank cody for taking the time to come in and share his insights and also thanks to godaddy.com and weglot.com for their continued support of our community so until the next time keep on doing the woo